Good morning and welcome to your Thursday edition of the Holy Commutes podcast. My name is Tom Gannon and this is just the week following United Wiffleball. So of course I've got my teammate Lucas Francis on the line. Lucas, how you doing? I'm good. Glad to be here. Glad to have you here. It was a it was a pretty fun weekend we had with the Tigers. But first, I want to talk about you and uh, sort of how you started playing wiffle ball. I'm sure you've at least had to tell this story a few times. So, how'd you start playing? How'd you find out there were other competitive tournaments? And what was the first thing you traveled to? Uh, you know, I started just like how I'm sure everybody else started playing in the front yard with my neighbors and whatnot. So at a young age, I had always taken football a little more serious than most people did, you know, in my area. And, you know, I'd spent a lot of time in my front yard just throwing hundreds and hundreds of pitches. So I always had, you know, always had that love for it. I was always looking on YouTube, trying to find how to improve my game. And, you know, I was always good at baseball. So I didn't always put a whole lot of thought into it. But uh, once I started working, I ended up building a, um, a field in my front yard and had a little league going there and you know we had guys from town coming and playing and kind of started you know my my real love for it and you know once I once I came to the University of Southern Maine you kind of got to find something in your free time to do and you know all of us being baseball players it's pretty easy to pick up a wiffle ball bat and a wiffle ball and be pretty good at it. The fact that you're doing this while playing baseball at the same time is pretty impressive like how do you find the time? You know, it's it's hard, you know, balancing school, baseball, my girlfriend, and, you know, having a social life. But, I mean, when you find something you love, it's kind of it's kind of hard to keep yourself from doing it and, and, you know, pursuing it, I guess. And, you know, over the past two years now, you know, I've, I've been able to work it into my schedule, you know. And um, I play a lot of baseball throughout the course of a year. But when you fall in love with the game of stick and ball you kind of can't get enough of it so you know I've played slow pitch softball for years ever since I was 16 you know I'd always try to play with ball with my buddies and you know always try to stay busy and now that I found the competitiveness that is professional wiffle ball um I, I think I found you know a new love I also played a lot of disc golf growing up too but I mean it's kind of I thought I was in love with that but as I've gotten more Born to wiffle ball, it's faded out, and this has kind of become not only my one of my focuses is my summertime. My four or five roommates they also love playing it too, and we've got you know ten other guys on our baseball team that love playing it. So I mean, when you find something you love, you find something your buddies love. It's easy to do. Yeah, it's easy to convince people to make those trips when it's such a time. But you know, we started um, trying to find new ways to play in different rules and, you know, kind of establish, you know, our own league. And we kind of, we stumbled on the golden stick and, you know, did a little bit of research and found out that they had leagues in mass and Vermont. But, um, you know, playing on a college baseball team, we're pretty competitive. And, you know, on our off days, you know, we, uh, we had a field in our backyard and we'd get, you know, 10 to 12 guys to play. And that kind of, you know, we originally planned on going out to one of the MLW tournaments from Maine, but that's kind of a haul. So we eventually found um, the Vermont League that was, you know, up and coming and we're looking for uh, players and they welcomed us with open arms. And, you know, we got five guys together, drove four and a half hours out there and competed in, you know, our first ever competitive football tournament. Did pretty well and ended up coming out in first place. And it kind of just snowballed from there. I think we went to four more tournaments that year, ended up going to the Open, and kind of dabbled in the fast pitch scene a little bit. 
you know, and that was last year, right? That was last year. And, you know, the boys in the barn, you know, um, kind of made an impact. I'd say, you know, we uh, kind of put our foot in the door and, you know, we're kind of excited what the future brings at this point. And this year you won the players cup, uh, golden stick. So, uh, just give me a quick recap of that. Um, you know, we started out kind of cold. We, um, I think we lost to um, Habs' team. What was what was his team name? Legacy. Oh, we yeah, lost, we to, lost them too. to the Legacy early in the morning. I think they routed us at least by 10 runs. And then I think we ended up playing you guys, actually, the uh, the Vegas team. And Also, Stein we, can take credit. He, he got the bats hot. Yeah, yeah. We, um, <laughs> <laughs> so we kind of turned it around right there and set the tone for the rest of the day. And, you know, we kind of we battled back into the um, – Played well enough to get into the playing rounds. Ended up taking a one nothing loss to the Screwballs, and then, you know, from there, we uh, played one more game that Saturday night against the Dead End Kids, and then won four games in a row on Sunday to capture the um, Players Cup. I think we played Sunday morning. We played the Players, the Dinos, and then we played a, against Way Too Beautiful and extra inning games. That was probably one of the best games I've played all year. And then ended up taking on a very tough Dragons team in the championship. And, you know, that's a well-contested game, well-defensive game. And, you know, we ended up taking out on top. Yeah, and then the end of that year, you play for the Claw or the Claws. Andrew Stone was the captain of that team. It was sort of just a bunch of guys thrown together right at the last minute to be the last team for you. If So tell me how that team came together and what your expectations were going into that. Well, I had dabbled into fast pitch playing down in um, East Coast Wolfenball down in Massachusetts. And, you know, we did pretty well down there for our first time. And I think the word got out that, you know, I could pitch fast pitch. Uh, you know, you know, I've been I already had played three or four terms in yard and kind of made an impact there. So, I mean, I guess Stone heard of me and uh, Rob Sutton in East Coast Wolfenball, too. And it was really last minute and, you know, reached out saying he's really looking for two arms and you know, included me and my boys in the barn teammate, Ryan Norris, who's a pretty talented pitcher and kind of threw together a ragtag team and went down to one of the biggest tournaments in the world. And, you know, we really weren't supposed to win a lot of games and we really weren't expected to anyway. And myself, Rob Stone, um, G. And Norris kind of went down there and shocked the world, really. And, you know, I didn't realize how much of an impact I'd made until I went back this year and really got another taste of how this is the highest level of competition that the world has to offer in, in the terms of wiffle ball, anyway. Yeah, and you kind of got one up this year. I mean, TC35, they beat C4 twice. You only, you only really did it once. I mean, you know, it's a tough. It's always tough playing those guys. They, um, you know, they year in and year out, they compete at the highest level. So, you know, you kind of know what you're going to get when you play them. And last year was definitely a Cinderella run, and that was definitely one of the highlights of the entire tournament, and something I'll remember forever. And getting the chance to play them again, and, oh, and you know, I can say that I'm 500 against them, even though I mean, I'm sure they're going to beat me a ton more times in the future here, but. I mean, it's been a great experience playing against some of the best football players in the world that are on that C4 team. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people might go their whole lives without beating C4, so that's pretty cool. And it's funny that when we added you to the team for the Wiffle Tigers, I told a lot of people, oh, hey, yeah, we got Lucas Francis. 
And I said, who's that? And then I said, the kid that beat C4 last year. And then they're oh, that kid. Uh, so a lot of people, even if they don't know you by name, they remember you doing that. And, you know, that's something that I'm definitely going to remember for the rest of my life, especially now going back and seeing how good they are and getting a little bit more of the history of UWIFs and understanding that, you know, they've been in that, they've won this thing three years in a row before. And, you know, they're just four legendary players on that team. All right, so now let's get into the weekend we had. So you didn't really come in until you got down there around the home run derby. But those guys landed Wednesday night. They stayed at my house. We went to Boston on Thursday. We saw Fenway Park, you know, like the Boston Common, State Capitol building and stuff like that. And then we went to Fenway Park to play some wiffle ball, had a little bit of a team practice. And then Friday, that day was wild. We got up at 5 a.m., Drove all the way down to New York City. We saw the Statue of Liberty. We saw Wall Street. We saw the Brooklyn Bridge. We drove up. We saw Times Square, Central Park, the Empire State Building, basically just kind of covering all our bases. Walked around a lot. Uh, took a lot of pictures. Those guys had a blast. Then we escaped New York City maybe like 1 p.m., got down. We stopped for a slice of pizza in New Jersey, and then we got down maybe 15 minutes before we were supposed to hit for the home run derby. Yeah, I mean, being from Japan, I mean, I'm sure those guys had a great weekend. And, you know, not come, not only coming here for wiffle ball, but being able to enjoy all the tourist-like attractions that, uh, you know, the Northeast has to offer. And, um, you know, it's great for them to do that, but I'm sure they're even more excited to end up playing in one of the biggest tournaments ever. Quick shout-out to Jared Laird for letting us stay at his house. It was awesome. He lives pretty close to the field. He had plenty of room for all of us. And those guys were really nice, really welcoming. That was pretty awesome. But the Tigers on Saturday night, they went back with you early to go to bed because they were exhausted. I think Ojun slept like in one of the stadium seats at one point before you guys left. So how'd that go? What did you guys do before I got by the time I got back? You guys were asleep. Well, you know, it's an experience long day even if you don't do well you're staying around watching all the tournament games and you know getting down to the high level of competition late at night you know it kind of takes a toll on your body so i mean those guys are eager to go around you know 10 o'clock and i mean the whole ride home was silent at that point they've had a long couple of days and by the time we got back they took a shower and that was pretty much it for them those guys were exhausted and myself included we definitely could have gone, you know, I don't think we could have won, but I think we could have gone a little bit further had uh, had they just been here for the tournament and not here you know, visiting the United States for the first time. Well, then I guess you're to blame for our uh, one and three outing at the tournament, I guess. Taking those guys through a rugged touristy vacation when we're supposed to be playing in a high stakes tournament. Yeah, and we also got to play a bunch of really good teams. We faced C4 the first game. We got our win game two against K2. And then we had to play Ridley Park Magic. And then our last game was against Punishment. So the three teams that beat us, all really good. But also, here's something crazy to think about. All three of the teams that beat us didn't even make it to Sunday. Kind of shows, you know, if they're going to come back next year, it gives them an idea of the, you know, the kind of level you have to play at in order to be successful in this tournament. Yeah, and I think next year, now that they got the sightseeing part of the trip out of the way, they might be a little bit more serious, have a rest day built in if they do want to do more sightseeing and i don't know i think they might be able to have a full team with five guys from japan next year we'll see 
Yeah, you know, they got the taste this year, but next year, I definitely think it's going to be more of a business trip for them rather than a um, vacation for them. Yeah, I completely agree. They're going to come back with something to prove. Yeah, we took way too many steps on Thursday and Friday, but I stand by it. I think it's for the best. And it also being exhausted like that makes losing kind of okay. Makes it a little easier. Yeah, I mean, either way, they got that great experience of, you know, I've never even been inside New York City. and I'm from America. And, you know, they got that experience of going to Boston and, you know, the history both those cities have. Well, technically, you're from Canada, right? I am technically from Canada, yes. I've been here since I was about three years old, but I am a Canadian-born citizen. So we had an international team, didn't we? Yeah, it's funny. I actually didn't know that you were from Canada until this Saturday afternoon or something, maybe. Because it's funny, someone said that you were from Canada, and I thought that they were being sarcastic, and they meant you were just from Maine. You know, we say Andrew Stone's from Canada, even though he's really just from way upstate New York. Yeah, you know, I'm from Canada, but, uh, you know, I'm a Mainer at heart. I've been here my whole life, and, you know, this is where I've grown up. The thing we didn't mention is uh, on Sunday morning before you left town, we went to the Mid-Atlantic Fields in Shari's backyard. And we played a quick little scrimmage. So, I don't know, what were some highlights from that for you? Well, you know, I've only ever seen that place on YouTube. And, you know, it was kind of surreal walking into, the, in, into there the first time and getting an idea of what, you know, where MAW plays and how serious they really take it down here. And kind of gave us one last chance, one last hoorah, uh, you know, to kind of get one big game of wiffle ball in before we headed out. And, um, you know, it was good to see these guys in more of a relaxed setting and it would just really just play the game and you know not be so uptight you know because it's a high stakes tournament and this kind of was the cherry on top of the whole weekend just uh, you know out there really just playing for fun and enjoying each other's company on such a great complex all right lucas well thanks again for being on the show you have any last words or any idea what your plans are going to be for next season I'm looking to dabble more into the East Coast this year. East Coast football, a fast pitch. You know, I didn't play a whole lot of that this year. And um, I think we got something in the works, you know, with some of those guys down there to kind of build on the future here. But in terms of, you know, like um, Yard League, you know, we're going to stick with our main guys and see what we can do. But I think when it comes to fast pitch, you kind of got to get with some good talent in order to have a chance at winning a national championship. What do you plan on doing next year? I know you're kind of a wiffle nomad, so what are your plans when it comes to UWIF and where you're going to be playing? Uh, yeah, I mean, this is the fun part of the year. I have no idea. Uh, you know, I've already reached out to a few different people about teaming up, uh, but I, I kind of want to keep my streak of I've never played with the same team twice. I've never even overlapped teammates, so we might not be able to team up. But, I mean, you're really good, so we'll, we, we could talk. We could make an exception for that. Yeah, we might be able to put something in the works there. We could talk. Business is open. Yeah, I mean, that would definitely be fun. I think that's pretty much all I've got for you. Thank you for listening to this Thursday episode of Holy Commutes. And we'll see you next time. Peace.